You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. A key word here in Acts 4 and 33 is power. And we need to understand that when it comes to God, God is not like human beings in that he is not limited when it comes to power. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that A man has power to tell you what you can and can't do or what you can and can't have. A man does not have that type of power, especially if God has told you he was going to do something for you and somebody has the audacity to tell you there's no way it can be done. Don't you receive that from that person because God is not limited When it comes to his power, God is omnipotent. He has all power. Matter of fact, let me show you how the psalm put it in Psalm 62. Go to Psalm 62. The 62nd Psalm. I love how the psalmist said it here in uh, Psalm 62 and 11. Ready? Don't fake on me because I want you to see this. Psalm 62 and 11. God has spoken once. Who done spoken once? Twice I have heard this. That power belongs to God. That's the reason you can't know at your head when folk be trying to, trying to show you they got a little authority. Mr. Walker, is no way. Look. Say what you want to say. But God done already told me what was going to happen. And if God said it, that sells it. I said if God said it, that... And we see the reason why. Who has all power? Power belongs to who? Power belongs to who? Power belongs to who? And see, you have to understand something. God's power represents his might or his strength. It represents the doings of God. It it not only represents the doings of God uh, when it comes to what he does personally, because what he does personally exemplifies how powerful he is. I mean, when you go to the book of Genesis, the first chapter, God, God does not even move a finger in reference to creating what we see with our natural eyes. He, he is so powerful to where all he had to do is say, I want light up there. I want water right there. I want fish in that water. And I want land right here. And I want, uh, I want four-footed creatures on the land. 
Well, let me put some two-footed creatures on the land too. I need somebody to tend to all this. What I got around here to, to, to get somebody to, let me just take some of this dirt, some of this clay, and make somebody to take care of this. Let me make him. Yeah, he looked good, but I need him to talk. I need him to be in my image. I need him to be able to, to say something like I say it, to look like I look. So let me just breathe into him the breath of life so he can become a living soul. That's how powerful God is. God is so powerful. He, he made the first human being with dust a dirt. Breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And when he breathed into him, he breathed intelligence in him. Adam was so intelligent to where he, he could discern the nature of a creature and based upon the nature of the animal, he, he deemed the animal a tiger, a bear, a lion, and so forth. God is powerful when it comes to his person or from a personal standpoint. But the wonderful thing about our God, he wanted to make sure that he gave us strength, a power, in order to accomplish what we need to accomplish here on earth. And Paul understood that, that God gave people power. And so I want you to notice what he penned in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter and the 13th verse. Some of you can quote it, but I want you to go there with me. Philippians, the fourth chapter. And notice what Paul said in reference to the power that, that God gave him uh, and, that the, and that the Lord would give him. Philippians 4 and 13. Now, if you don't, you're not familiar with Philippians, just go to your table of contents and go there quickly and just, just notice Philippians 4 and 13. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Why, Paul? He strengthens me. He gives me power to do it. See, see, that's the reason as, as a child of God, you don't need to have a I can't do attitude. I ain't going to be, you don't need to have a I can't do attitude. No, not when you understand that God has empowered you to do what normal folks may not be able to do. Jesus had to straighten a person. He, he said to a person, he, he said, let me tell you something. With men, this right here is impossible. It just can't be done. He said, but not with God. He said, with God, all things are possible. And as a child of God, you have to have a I can do attitude. I said, as a child of God, you have to have a I can do attitude. It's nothing God has ordained for you to do here on earth. He has not equipped you to do. Or he will not equip you to do. Whatever God has ordained for you to do, he's going to make sure you have the power 
to do it. You just have to, you just have to believe it and walk therein. You, you may even look at something and, 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 and be about to say, this too big for me. Hush your mouth, child of God. Because if God told you that's what was going to happen, he will bring it to pass. What did Paul say again here in Philippians 4 and 13? I can what? Do how many things? See, he, he knew whatever God has ordained for me to do here on earth, I'm going to do it. Because he, he has equipped me. Or if I run up on something and I don't have what I need to do it, God going to give me the ability or the capacity to bring it to pass. And you have to know it. That, that, therefore, you can never have again but I can't do attitude. You're a child of God. You are an heir of God. A joint heir with Christ Jesus. Quit looking at yourself in light of your family history. Don't just look at your, yourself in, in, in light of where you came from. Because if you like most of us, you, you may have came from, from a family that, that wasn't about I was hoping y'all was going to finish it because I don't want you to get mad at me. But some of us know we, we got some characters in our family. It, it, it's some folks that you don't mind folk meeting in your family. Like, yeah, this is my uncle. He's second. But it's some folks you be like, Lord, I hope cousin so-and-so don't come. Lord, I hope he don't come. Everybody has members of their family. They don't really want folk to meet. Look like you don't have such in your family, but I know you do. Yes, you do. I know you do. For be like, I can't believe that's your. <laughs> well, it is, and you got one somewhere too. <laughs> but as a child of God, you 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 have to know because. Of the blood of Jesus, you are an heir of God. Well, join out with Jesus Himself. And see, the Lord, yes, gave Paul power or strength to do what he needed to do on earth, but the Lord has ordained for every child of God to have power in order to be a witness. Yeah, in order to be a witness. Let me prove it in Scripture. Go with me to the book of Acts, first chapter. Acts, the first chapter, and we're just going to look at one verse, the eighth verse. This is what Jesus said before his ascension. Or before he went back to heaven. He said this to his, his disciples. And, and understand something. He said it to them. But it was prophetic. It was for them at the present time. But he was also talking about. People that would become disciples. In the near and distant future. And so this is what he, he said. Acts 1 and 8. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice again, he said, uh, you're going to be witnesses. And then he said to me, the word to indicates purpose. You're going to be a witness, but it's going to be for purpose. You're not just going to be telling folks you're Christian. No, no, no. It's going to be for a purpose. I'm going to send you to Samaria, but it's going to be for a purpose. I'm going to allow you to get this job at the high school, but but it's not just about you getting the check. You are going to be a witness for me at the high school. I'm going to allow you to connect with this person or to connect with this group. But it's not just going to be so you can tell folks that you are connected to such and such. I'm going to allow it to happen for a purpose. What you do is bigger than you. What you work at is bigger than just having a job. You say, well, why would God be concerned about where I work, where I stay, or who I'm connecting with? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He created the earth and everything in it for a reason. And when he allows you to be placed in a particular position, it's bigger than you. It's not for you to, to, to tell everybody around the dinner table how wonderful you are. It's the reason he has you there. And you have to ask him, Lord, I know you opened up the door because it, it was 150 folk that were more qualified than me. Lord, I know you had to, to make a way for me to get this house in this neighborhood because there's no way with that 710 score on my credit that I could have got here. So I know it's a purpose. I know it's a purpose. And see, he does it in order for you to be a witness. Proof that God is in charge. Woo, that's what a witness is. From a theological standpoint, you are proof that God is in charge. You are proof that God can change a person's life for the better. Look how good you look this morning. You ain't always been as clean as you look. You ain't always smell as fresh as you smell this month. You ain't always had paper to fold like, like you got paper to fold this month. I, I, I know you could have, you, you, you could have picked out 10, 12 outfits. You, you could have picked out whatever color you wanted to wear to church this morning because you blessed like that. But you ain't always been blessed. The way you're blessed right now. But yeah, I, I, I heard you pull up in something that, that, that's worth looking at from, from, from the front to the back. But you ain't always drove what you're driving right now. Oh, I need you just to be honest and tell somebody, God unblessed me. 
He done blessed me. That's the reason I'm doing as well as I'm doing. Yeah, I got my degree. But if the truth be told, it wasn't because I'm the smartest person. God had to help me get my degree. Yeah, I passed the test. I passed it with flying colors. But it wasn't because I studied the way I should have studied. It wasn't nothing but the grace of God. If I'm talking about you, say it ain't nobody but Jesus that's blessing me. Oh, it ain't nobody but the Lord. Isn't it amazing how he'll raise you up? And it'd be no traces of what you used to be. Oh, I I don't want to start pulling folk out now. Now, I can pull you out and talk about how you came in here. Yeah, I can tell a little of your story about where you came from. Don't get cute on me and try to act you ain't never been nowhere. You ain't, you ain't never been that. Yes, you have. Who are you? I'm Dr. So-and-so. Yeah, you may be Dr. So-and-so now, but I knew you when you were. Say to your neighbor, God has blessed us. But, but you want me to tell you what make me mad? When God be done bled folk and, and they done, they done got up on their feet doing real good, but then have the nerve not to still give God the praise. Praise service going on. They done got so dignified and, and, and sedated that they got to cross their legs as if God hadn't done anything for them. You know God done bless you. You know God done brought you from a mighty long way. Woo, Jesus. And so, he makes us witnesses. And he sends us different places. But it's for his purpose. Look at the verse again. Acts 1 and 8. You're going to be witnesses to me or for my purpose. Well, God didn't bless you the way I did for you just to tell for what you have. I want folks to understand why you're blessed the way you're blessed. Why you do what you do. You got to let them know that if it hadn't been for me, you would still be in that hole I pull you out of. You got to tell them if it had been, been, been for me, you'd still be a chain smoker. You got to tell them if, if it hadn't been for me, you'd still be hope monk. You got to tell them if it hadn't been for me, you'd still be at the gambling table. You got to tell them if it hadn't been for me, you'd still be slipping. You're holding on? Hiding? Say to your neighbor, you got to be a witness for me.
and contextually according to according to Acts 4 and 33. The apostles had been given power to be witnesses. And they were being witnesses specifically of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. See, the apostles, especially the original as well as the apostle Paul, had witnessed the literal suffering, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They had witnessed it. They, they, they knew that it was a such thing of, of being brought back from the, the dead. Because that's what resurrection is about. It's about recognizing that, that you're dead. <laughs> but you don't have to stay dead. There's some dead folk in here this morning. Oh, you talk. You walk. Got a job. But you're dead. Every person that is born is born spiritually dead. David revealed it in Psalm 51. I want you, I want you to consider it if you don't mind. Let's go there. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Psalm 51. Ready? Some of y'all still turning. Psalm 51. Verse 5. David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity or sin, and in sin my mother conceived me. Everybody was born in the sin. He said, Well, I wasn't no son. I went out. Yes, you were. And see, it's because of Adam. I've always did, right? But you still sinner. Still sinner. He was born into it because of Adam. And, and the only way you can stop being a sinner is to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Romans 6 and 23 says, The wages of sin is death. Matter of fact, let's go down. Let's go to Romans 6 and 23. Last verse in the sixth chapter of Romans, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. So, so because you were born in sin, and, and if you just remain in that state, 
You're spiritually dead, and eventually you'll be physically dead. And, and, and you go from being physically dead to spiritually, well, to eternally dead. But when, but when you're eternally dead, you're eternally dead in a place called hell. And see, ne- never, never get to the point to where you think that being dead just means that you don't stop breathing. It only means that when it comes to physical death. That's the only time uh, dead means you're not breathing when it comes to physical death. But when you're spiritually dead, you're still breathing. When eternal death happens, you're still breathing. Your your soul is still there. You still can feel stuff. That's the reason when the Bible talks about eternal death or hell and and gives us uh, some traits of hell, it, it... it shows us how people are, are in fire being tormented. How people are feeling worms that are crawling all over their body and, and they're trying to kill the worms. But the Bible says that hell has worms that don't die. I squashed a worm two days ago and it, it, it died. I'm telling you. So I, I'm trying to figure out how in the world can you run up on a worm that and, and the only place you, you'll find a worm like that is in hell. I don't like when ants or any other little creature gets on me. I sure don't want to be nowhere where, uh, where worms are on me. And I can't and kill them. Do you? But that's, that's what happens in hell. then that's eternal death. So so we we have to understand that until I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I am dead spiritually. Now you have religions that say that's not so. And you have people that, that want to take that chance But see, I know God changed me. How many know God changed you? How many have ever tried God's word and it worked for you? Therefore, you ain't going to take no chance. No. God is real. I know he's real. How many know he's real? How many know his word is real? The wages of sin is death. But then he finishes off in Romans 6 and 23 by saying, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Is eternal life through Jesus. So if I'm spiritually dead, before I can become a witness for Christ, I have to experience a spiritual resurrection. It's wonderful that on on Easter we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. 
But I also have to understand on this day that we celebrate the resurrection that if I had not been resurrected, I would be on my way to hell. I would still be spiritually dead. I have to have a resurrection if I'm spiritually dead. Intelligent, but spiritually dead. Educated, got a good job, but spiritually dead. Doing well in life, you wanted to make a six-figure income, you're there. Congratulations. But you're still spiritually dead. And if you drop dead right now in hell, you would lift up your eyes. And as wonderful as the folks appreciated you on your jaw, they would get a replacement. Why you have to say that, preacher? Because the most important thing on earth is not your job security, not how high you can live off the hog, as the old folks say. The most important thing is knowing that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And in order to have that relationship, you have got to experience the resurrection power of God. Because I'm going to tell you point blank, I, I couldn't stop snoring coke until I experienced the resurrection power of God. I couldn't leave stuff alone that I enjoyed until I experienced the resurrection power of Jesus. And it's a whole lot of folk in here that sedated, quiet, or something going on that should be witnessing right now that they couldn't stop doing either if it hadn't been for the power of God. Matter of fact, I find somebody and tell them if God hadn't, hadn't gave me the power. I'd still be dead in my sin. Still be dead. Well, I don't believe all that. Look at me. Look at a whole lot of folk around here. It ain't hard to believe if you know where we done came from. That's the reason folk will have, as part of that testimony, will say, God done brought me a long way. I ain't where I desire to be, but I show ain't back there. He been good to me. Woo! He been good to me. All right. Sit down. Listen, listen to this. You have to experience resurrection. You have to experience it. And you can be a good church person, but be spiritually dead. Let me show you something. Let's go to uh, John, the third chapter. Y'all stay with me. John, the third chapter. We'll start at verse 1. John 3 and 1. Some of y'all still turning. Come on. John 3, 3 and 1. Go to table of contents if you don't know what John is. But notice John 3 and 1. There was a man of the Pharisees, a religious man, 
the Pharisees, in one sense, were known for keeping the scripture or the word of God with them. They walked around with the word. Just like in our day and time, you, you see folks that every time you see them, they got a Bible. Or they got something. I want that picture to stick in your mind. That they knew the word. Or they knew, they knew the word, but they did. They, but see, you have to understand something. Knowing the word and the revelation that comes from the word is different. Knowing the word in the form of just the latter is one thing. But knowing the word and, and receiving the interpretation based upon the Holy Spirit is totally different. Because see, even though Jesus, Jesus knew that his disciples could get the written word, he told them in John 16 and 13 that it was going to be the Holy Spirit that would guide them into all truth. You can read it, but you'll never get the revelation you need until the Holy Spirit gives it to you. And there are some revelations that God also understood it was going to take a gift being in somebody's life in order for them to, to understand the revelation. That's the reason in the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the eighth verse and following, it talked about uh, how Jesus descended down into the lower parts of the earth, had to go there in order to snatch the keys of death, hell, and grave from the enemy of the devil. But then he ascended into the heavens. But when he ascended, he took his place at the right hand or a place of authority in order for him to start setting up his kingdom on earth. And the first order of business, according to Ephesians 4 and 11, and he gave some, speaking of the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ until everybody got on the same page or came into unity. See, his resurrection what, 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 wasn't for naught. It was just the beginning of folks being resurrected. How I many? So, so you can have the word, but if you don't have the spirit of God to give you the revelation that comes from the word, or a gift to give you what God would have you to receive from that particular gift, you're stunning your growth in God. That's when you have people I've been in church for years, but when you talk to them about certain things, they'd be like, I ain't never heard that. That don't sound like, well, it's just Bible. But consider, again, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And notice he was a ruler, a leader in the church, a leader among the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, a great teacher, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. See, that, that's mistaken because you got folks that can do signs that align wonders. Yeah, 
you got folks that can do things that are lying wonders. But see, Nicodemus' thing was just, he, he was like, you got to be a good teacher because of your signs. But it's not just in the signs. And notice, notice how Jesus reacts to what, what Nicodemus said. Just, just amazing. It's as if to say he just completely ignored him. Notice what Jesus said to him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He didn't say, thank you, uh, Nick, for the accolades. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, I do what I do. He didn't do that. He knew Nicodemus needed some help. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You gotta be born again. You're dead. You gotta be born again. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You have to be born of the spirit because you're spiritually dead. It has to be a resurrection. How many of us here with me? Verse 6. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you. You must be born again. Now, Nicodemus didn't have no idea what he was talking about. So the conclusion based upon it, he was not born again. You have the Holy Spirit? No. My preacher said we don't need that. Why he say you don't need it? He just said that was for the apostles. But if God changes, not if Jesus Christ is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, it's for everybody that receives him as Lord and sake. You have to be born again. Let me show you something else. 2 Corinthians. How many understand it? Good, because I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Paul said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, look at this. Here's a new creation. Something new unhappened. Well, what happened to the old person? Dead. You're new now. You sure ain't the old. Brian, I knew. Where he at? Dead. Man, I thought we were going to get high today. You don't get high no more? No. Why? That person dead. Oh, you sure have changed. Been born again, brother. Man, you do. You preaching now? Had somebody asked me about, about two weeks ago. I hadn't seen in years. Hey, you sound like a preacher now. I mean, you ought to come go to church with me. 
you have to be born again. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is what? Old things have what? They're dead. They're gone. A resurrection has taken place. That, that, that's the reason baptism symbolizes the re- resurrection. We go down into a liquid grave, death, but we come up in newness of life. Letting folks know. Uh, of course, back in the day, I went down a dry center. I came up a wet sun. Some of y'all that know what I'm talking about, did you go down a dry? And you came up a wet. When you understand in the book of Acts, the second chapter, as well as Acts 10 and Acts 19, Folks had to, first of all, repent of their sins, receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then they were baptized. You accept him and then you symbolize what just took place in your life. That you're no longer dead. You don't experience the resurrection. And then when, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you start, you start going back around folk and, and folk that used to know you, sister girl, as a cursor. Or someone that cussed all the time as old folks say. They, they, be, they be listening and, and wait for you to say one of them fold out of words. They'd be like, Margaret, I ain't heard you curse all day. <laughs> I ain't heard you curse all day. What's going on with you? You ain't cursed all day. And they know, they know you how much you love crack. They done pull out the can. Find it up. We finna go in and you won't, you won't go too? No. What's wrong with you? How come you don't, why you don't want to go? You ain't trying to snitch or nothing, are you? You ain't gonna wait till we get in here and you gonna call Popo, are you? No, I ain't called the popo. Well, what's going on with you? You don't even smell like crack. What's going on with you? I done had a resurrection. I done got born again. Couldn't wait to graduate, to go, to go to school, cause I was gonna sing. I'm going to Atlanta. See your mom and daddy. In my mind, I'm going to sing. I didn't know nothing about no fornication. 
I knew about sex. I'm going to Atlanta to have sex. Get high. And hit the underground. I'm grown now. Ain't nothing mama and them can say. And did it. Did everything on the list. Still wasn't happy. Still wasn't fulfilled. That's, man, I thought it was going to be better than this. <laughs> the greatest experience you will ever have in your life. The one thing that satisfied more so than anything else is when you get your resurrection. When you get your resurrection. Okay, what you do in life, the greatest thing that can ever happen to you that's gonna, that you're going to be fulfilled is the resurrection. Had an idea of what I wanted to do, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. Just, just hidden and miss. But the one thing I know more so than anything, I know I want to go to heaven. I know I want to stay with Jesus. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.